Like Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. Let's talk business with Ford Lease. Hassle-free vehicle leasing. Search Ford Lease to find out more. A study carried out at University of Limerick has looked at the effects the first lockdown had on the mental health of young children and teenagers and it's come up with some fascinating findings. Dr Jennifer McMahon from UL led the study and she's with us this morning. Good morning to you, Jennifer. Morning, how are you? I'm good. Uh, I'm first of all curious, why did you decide to target young people, uh, young kids and adolescents particularly? I mean, didn't our mental health of everybody uh, wasn't it all, we all affected by lock, the first lockdown? Yes, that's true. So we're, we were interested in how, what families were experiencing. So the survey actually takes in parents and their children. Um, so the parent fills it out. And for adolescents um, 11 to 18, they can fill out a portion of the survey for themselves. So we were interested to see in how parents were coping during the lockdown, the kind of support that they thought they might need, and then how the mental health of their children were faring um, over the course of the pandemic. So we collect, started collecting data three weeks into the first lockdown, and we've been collecting data ever since on a monthly basis. Um, so not all of the, the participants at the first um, time, time point are, are still in the study, but we have about 250 to 300 parents that have been continuously providing data over the course of the pandemic. And what have been the key findings so far? So we've had some findings, we've had two reports out before this one and we, we saw that in those reports there was a lot of concern from parents about their young people's mental health and their well-being and their education. Um, a lot of parents telling us that they were finding it um, very ma- difficult to manage if they were working and supporting their child and giving their child what they needed. So that was in the last report. So this report specifically focused in on just the mental health of young people in that one month period while restrictions were in place. And the results were a little bit surprising in that we found that um, while primary school children did increase on emotional symptoms over the course of the month, they weren't statistically significant, which just means that, you know, they could have happened by chance, um, even though there was a trend, a, a trend, an increasing trend in those symptoms. Now, however, we have a sister study in the UK, which is designed in the University of Oxford, and they've been rolling it out as well, and they did find that that trend was significant. So we do think it's important. So it does suggest that primary school children might have struggled a little bit if the lockdown had gone, any lo- gone on any longer. Um, however, we did see adolescents in the study report that they had a reduction in their kind of attention problems, which would be kind of concentrating and and so on. And they reported a reduction in that. And we found Sorry, that for um, clarify that a reduction in their ability to be able to concentrate, or yes, yeah, so there was a reduction in attention and restless restlessness difficulty. So that would include things like concentration and, and that. So they reported that those things improved over the course of the lockdown somewhat. So our findings are suggesting to us that, you know, it is, it's, not a, it's not a simple question that everybody does worse during the lockdown, which I think is what we hypothesised and what, what might make sense to people. What we're saying is it's probably variable that young people might be able to cope in the short term or with, um, with proper supports at home um, where, the, where their environment is good and they're nurtured. And if school is particularly has been stressful, and if you think about a lot of adolescents in the months of the lockdown, coming out of that school environment, for a lot of young people, school is, is the number one stressor. So it might not actually be that surprising when you think about it that they might have been okay in the short term. We certainly wouldn't be saying that lockdown is good for mental health in any way, shape or form, but um, maybe our children are a little bit more resilient than we perhaps might have given credit for. But also perhaps our children are suffering a little bit more with some of the stresses that school puts on them Mm -hmm. than we ever realised. Well, yeah, well, I think there's a lot of data out there that would support the 
the finding that school is a big stressor for a lot of young people, uh, particularly children with SEN or if you require mental health issues, that can be very difficult. School can be a very difficult place. It can be uh, you can struggle academically and you can struggle with peer interaction or bullying. And yeah, so there's a lot of um, stresses associated with going to school. Now, I mean, we, we children have to go to school and you know that's part of the routine and it's obviously schools try to manage that and support students so what we're kind of seeing is that when the school is taking out perhaps some young people do do better but that might return more acutely even when they have to be reintroduced back into school and I think we saw schools did take a very supportive approach to students in September and that was definitely the right strategy because of, um, because obviously some young people going back could have found that experience very stressful of course, there were other environmental factors in the first lockdown. Uh, for a lot of families, mum and dad were around more because maybe they were working from home. They, you know, people talk about family dinners returning in a way that they hadn't existed before because nobody had training after school. And, mm-hmm. you know, there, w- there wasn't this running around and racing around that a lot of families I- in this day and age feel is, is normal everyday life. Everything slowed down and, and that surely was a positive thing. Yeah, we saw a lot of variability in the comments section of our survey. And like, so obviously some parents were really stressed, found it very hard because they were working from home um, and trying to manage and juggle that the children's needs in that context but we did have a lot of parents also come back and say they have enjoyed the time that they have become closer with their children that they've been in doing a lot of activities and they've enjoyed slowing down the pace of life so what we're what we're hoping to do in the next phase of research is really kind of dig down into those variability and why are some people more protected than others and you know there there obviously is quite a variety in terms of how people coped with the with the lockdown and the restrictions. Obviously, this time around, it's very different. Schools are open. And I think as well, I mean, I've heard people make this point that um, second time around is different. First time around, we had the novelty factor and there there was a real strong attitude of we're all in this together. I don't hear that same spirit, the, the metal spirit that people were talking about back in March. I don't hear as much of that this time. Uh, and that could have an impact. I think parents had to really galvanise in that first period and of course the weather was good but we did see from the survey that parents were really working above and beyond trying to bring a routine, trying to do the education with their children home and I think everyone was kind of happy to do it for that short, sharp period in the sense, you know, no one was happy, but they were they were able to do it and they were, they wanted to do it. I think people now going into the winter, it's not as easy to get outside if the weather is bad. They've, they have they saw how hard it was in the first six, the first lockdown so they're probably not as keen to go ahead and do that the, the second time round. Um, we're kind of we're really supportive of the strategy the government have taken, obviously around keeping children in school. Um, from, from what we've seen, like if you want to have keep parents working, you want parents' mental health to stay well, you need to have that routine for children and that place for them to go every day so that they can be um, there can be their development can be you know nourished. And um, we we're, we would completely support that where it's feasible for schools to stay open. They absolutely should. Do you, what about the, the older adolescents? Did you get any parents talking about the difficulty of trying to keep their adolescents indoors or, you know, within the, whether it was the 2K or the 5K at the time and to, to stop mixing with their their peers? How much of a challenge was that for parents? Uh, we haven't had many qualitative comments around that piece. Now, we have data on adherence to social distancing for both the parents and for the young people that we haven't fully analysed yet. But the sense from the data that we have looked at so far is that actually the young people in our 
in our survey were actually quite adherent to the, the rules and so on, and it wasn't as it wasn't a major difficulty for the parents in our study to have but their own isn't that a problem, here. though, Jennifer, in that when you do studies like this, very often the people who, who are willing to take part are the kind of people who are okay with those sort of rules. Yeah, and we have that caveat in the research is that, you know, we have a particular cohort. So we had 1,800 people in the first survey that did our that completed it. It is a lengthy survey. It's about half an hour. So you, you're talking about parents who sit down and take that time to, to complete it or actually have that time to sit down and do it. So the caveat here is that, you know, we have a particular cohort of parents. I would say they represent probably your typical parents looking at the data. There's a widespread of kind of um, demographic data coming from different types of homes. Um, but I would say they're kind of more of your typical parents. There is other studies out there that will hopefully look at more harder to reach groups and people who might have had more more kind of entrenched difficulties. But, you know, they're kind of hard to reach for a reason. Um, And in the first phase of the research, when the pandemic hit, you know, we were kind of going out there with the study. And that was really the group of people that we could access in in a short space of time. But I think it is uh, representative of a particular cohort of parents who would be known to us all. We were all at home trying with our best with our children, trying to manage the environment, trying to manage the lockdown. Um, and I think the findings speak to that kind of parent and family. What can be done with this research? I mean, do you think the government pays any attention to these kind of studies? I certainly think the government paid attention to a lot of mental health researchers and organisations who were advocating for children to be in school to and, and keep the routine going. So that is kind of seen in the strategy. Now, whether that is being mindful of children's mental health or whether that is an economic decision, is you know, I, I can't really speak to that. But I, we were certainly pleased to see that the government uh, brought in, kept that strategy in, in the current uh, restrictions. However, we, you know, we were disappointed that there isn't more investment in supporting the mental health of families and young people because certainly we anticipate um, a need for additional supports and it's you know, traditionally underfunded anyway. So you know, we were disappointed that there wasn't more um, investment in that in the, in the budget. Would this study have covered those poor students who were supposed to sit their leaving cert last year and who <coughs> many of ha- whom wanted to go on to third level maybe got their choice, maybe didn't get their choice. And, you know, they were the victims of almost uh, scandal after scandal, or at least controversy uh-huh. after controversy after, you know, all, all the stuff over predicted grades. And then, you know, perhaps looking forward to making new friends uh, and a new social circle. And then all of a sudden, all their classes are online and th- they might even be struggling with, you know, a new course that's difficult. Are they included in this survey? Will they be uh, studied going forward? Well, if they're in the survey already, they can be, you know, the parent can complete that section and obviously they can complete their section if they've moved on to the first year in college. Now, we did see some comments around the Leaving Cert students um, in the in the study and actually a good portion of the adolescents um, that parents completed it for and the adolescents themselves were actually Leaving Cert students and there was comments around the last video, the uncertainty around what was happening to them and you know, we would say, like, you know, young people are pretty resilient in the mo- for in, in general if they kind of know what's happening and what's coming. So, you know, that uncertainty did, did cause stress in the short term. Um, how they're coping at university now, I can't speak to. That's not in the data per se. But, you know, we, there are reports out there that are saying that, you know, um, higher level students are struggling um, with the online learning piece and the lack of social interaction and all the kind of social uh, parties and um, activities that they'd normally engage in. That is actually very concerning for those young people because it's a very critical developmental period. 
for young adults um, that they need to be out there with their peers and separating from their families and their, their parents at this time. What would you say to somebody who just says, sure, why? Why do they need that? If they have their family support, um, you know, they should be able to cut down their social life just like the rest of us. Well, you know, that's easy to say when you're kind of a bit older and perhaps, you know, it's not uh, your social life isn't your top priority. But, um, you know, we all we all remember when we were young and the, the need to, to, to build that independence, to be able to go out there and take risks is a really important part of our development as um, becoming... Um, functioning healthy adults and if you're in a space where you can't actually go out there and interact with your friends and you can't actually take you know safe risks out in the environment you know that could have a long-term negative effect now you know i i think young people can cope in the short term but i suppose the pandemic is going on a little bit longer than people originally thought it doesn't appear to be you know it's sure thing that it's going to be another no end in that's it. Yeah. Not, not particularly and I think that could be difficult if we're constantly bringing in restrictions in and out of restrictions for young people you know we need a little bit of certainty but young young people and particularly emerging adults they need that social interaction with their peers I mean even just romantically it's a time of your life when you're going out there and you're meeting people and you're looking for romantic partners and that's really going to be very difficult for people now. So there can be all kind of unintended consequences of the restrictions and the efforts to kind of, you know, mind the health of others. We could be inadvertently hurting the health of other of young people. So, you know, we, 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 need, we need to take that on board as much as we need to think about the health and well-being of older adults. OK, well, the study continues, Jennifer. If pe- Can people still get involved if they want to? We would absolutely love people to still get involved. So they can go to the study website, which is www dot i dash teach dot ie or you'll find it on the UL webpage and um, parents can still come into the study and they can uh, sign up to be packed over a period of time or indeed just complete the, the, the first survey and particularly now going into the next lockdown we would really welcome parents taking part in the study to see how this phase of the pandemic is going to impact on people and what could really be useful in terms of support during this time. Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. Let's talk business with Ford Lease. Hassle-free vehicle leasing. Search Ford Lease to find out more.